Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about why I spent over 40 hours preparing for different interview processes while I was job searching. Now, I know that number sounds a little bit crazy, and it's crazy for a reason. So this whole episode was based off of some data that I saw in the recent salary series that I did on LinkedIn, which reminded me of some other data about interview preparation. So in the salary series, I was polling my audience about different questions around their negotiation strategies and preparation and all this stuff. And one of the questions that I asked was, how long did you spend preparing for your last salary negotiation? And the majority of people, an alarming number of people said that they spent less than an hour preparing for their last salary negotiation. And that was mind boggling to me because you're about to step into a conversation that not only has the ability to change your earning potential for this next job, but it has the ability to change your earning potential for the rest of your career. And you're spending less than an hour preparing for it. Like that is insane to me. And that sparked a memory of another poll that a friend of mine ran. Her name is Sarah Johnston. And she asked her audience how long they spent preparing for the interview process at the last company they got hired at. And it was the same response. The vast majority of people said that they spent less than one hour preparing for that interview. And again, this is crazy because you spent so much time working to get that interview. Like it was not easy. I can only imagine how many hours and months went into finally landing that conversation. And here you are with a chance to show yourself off, to tell your story, to illustrate your value in person, face-to-face, and you're only spending one hour thinking about how you're gonna approach that, like that is pure insanity to me. So the reason this is so crazy is one, because of the background that I come from and the things that I had to do to get into Microsoft, but also now in hindsight, seeing how large of an impact preparation has on your success. For me, in pretty much everything that I've done, whether it's the job search, whether it's interviewing, whether it's preparing for a talk that I'm giving for my business, whether it's a webinar that I'm doing for the business, whether it's anything else, 80% of the success that I see is in the preparation that I do. And anytime I go out there and wing something, I don't even come close to doing what I feel I can do. I don't even come close to hitting the top end of my potential in the same way that I do when I prepare for something. So all of this is just crazy to me. And I just want to tell a story that is basically the antithesis of the data that I just laid out. Because when I was interviewing at Google and Microsoft and Twitter, again, I spent over 40 hours researching and preparing for the interview process at each of those companies, meaning that I spent a total of 120 hours across all three of those companies. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but I want to explain why I did it. And then I want to break down those 40 hours for you so you can get a better sense of the actions that I took, the way I spent that time, and then you can scale it up or down for yourself. So the reason that I spent so much freaking time preparing for the interview processes at these companies was twofold. First, these are my absolute dream companies. Like I would have literally done anything that I possibly could, anything, no matter how much work it took, no matter how much time it took, anything to get a job offer from these companies. But second, I knew that I was coming in from a non-traditional background. I've talked before about how I have a biology degree, how I had bad grades in college. This was very early on in my career, so I didn't have a lot of professional experience to lean on, especially in the tech space. Most of my experience was in healthcare. 
And I knew I wasn't going to be the most qualified person on paper. So I made a pact with myself and I said, look, you're not going to be able to beat other people's qualifications. So don't let those other people beat your preparation. And that is the mindset that I took into each of these interview processes. And I dove super, super deep. So to break down these 40 hours for you, here's essentially what this looked like. First, I spent around 15 hours researching the heck out of each company and their products. And my aim was to understand the goals that they had for the next six to 12 months, the challenges they might be facing when they were thinking about reaching those goals and the initiatives that they were rolling out to help reach those goals. I was also interested in seeing where they were at. Were they doing well? Were they sort of on the decline and looking to right the ship? My goal was to understand this company as well as I possibly could without being a full-time employee. So I listened to earnings calls and annual reports. I read you know, financial forms for each of these companies. I read every single article I could get my hands on about them. I read financial opinion pieces about these companies from analysts who are studying the companies and deciding whether they're going to be a good buy or a bad buy, whether they're going to grow or not grow. I surveyed these companies' customers. I got into the products myself. I looked at reviews of these products, both on YouTube and then also in the App Store, written reviews, video reviews, all of these different things. My sole goal was to have a deep understanding of the company's vision, how they were gonna get there, their customers and what their customers thought and their products. And that took a lot of time. So a lot of people will go out and they'll read the company website, they'll read the mission statement, they'll just do that stuff and then they'll show up to the interview. That is not enough if you wanna stand out because at the end of the day, as we've talked about, what companies really care about is the value that you bring to the table for them. They don't necessarily care about your background or the experience that you have outside of it being a barometer or a gauge for how much value you can bring to the table for them. So if you can truly understand their business and you can speak to specific examples of challenges, initiatives, et cetera, you are showing them that you've done the research, that you understand exactly where they're at and where they want to go. And that is why this was the area that I spent the most time in. To add on to this, I spent another five hours chatting with employees and connections at these companies to best understand how to position myself. So you could lump this into research if you want, but a lot of these informational interviews, they were, they covered a variety of topics. And so I'm going to separate them out into their own five hour category. But what I tried to do was connect with people to understand one, a little bit more about the things that I learned on my own. So if I heard something in an earnings call, if I heard something in an interview with the CEO of this company or whoever it was, I might bring it up in the informational interview to get a current employee's perspective on what that person is saying. And when I did that multiple times, I just got different pieces of the puzzle that allowed me to get a more detailed understanding of the bigger picture and those specific initiatives, goals, challenges, et cetera. On top of that, I talked to these people about how I could position myself. So I would say to them, look, I'm coming from this non-traditional background. Here's the experience that I have. What can I do to make sure that this is clear? Like the value that I bring to the table is clear. The ROI that I'm going to bring is clear. And how can I get this interviewer to buy into me? And because these people were working at the company, they probably interviewed other people. They had resources. They could go talk to other folks. They could ping pong ideas around. They could come back to me and say, look, Austin, I think this is what you should focus on. And I think this is what you should avoid. And I think this is how you should spin this one piece of your background or whatever it was. And that gave me a lot of clarity. And so for five hours, I probably talked to you anywhere in the ballpark of five to 10 people. And it was a lot of work to set those calls up, but it was totally, totally worth it. The next thing that I did was I worked on refining and rehearsing my interview answers. So I started by understanding the questions that I might be asked. And what I'd thought through first was just going back through every interview I'd been on. And I thought to myself, what are the core questions that I've been asked in pretty much all these interviews? And they were things like, why do you want to work here? Tell me about yourself. You know, tell me about a time that you 
had to deal with a difficult person or tell me about a time that you exhibited leadership or tell me about a time that you saw success or what's your biggest weakness, right? All these common behavioral questions. And I jotted those down. And then I went out and I looked up questions that were specific to the company and the role. So Glassdoor has a great option for this. You can actually read through interview reviews and see what questions people were asked. So I made a whole list of those as well. And then I systematically went through each question and I drafted up an answer. And then what I would do is every day I would show up and I would go through a specific subset of the answers. I would review them. I would revise them. I would rehearse them. And then I would try to memorize them. And I did that until I basically had answers memorized for every single question that I might be asked. And then I took it a step further and I pulled out my computer and then I recorded myself actually delivering these interviews. And the great part about this was that, you know, the the language that we say is one thing, but a lot of our communication is nonverbal. It's body language. It's our inflection. It's all these other things. And I wanted to make sure that I nailed that as well. So I recorded hours and hours of video of myself delivering these answers. And I would look at the video, I'd analyze it. I would look to see what I could improve or what I was doing well. And by the end of it, I felt like I had a really, really great delivery set up for all of those examples. And then I went out and I did mock interviews. So I talked to my friends, I talked to my family, I talked to anybody who was willing to sit down with me for half an hour. And I said, hey, ask me these questions. They would ask me the questions, I would give my answers, and then I would ask for their feedback. And I incorporated all of this into the answers that I brought with me throughout the interview process at these companies. After that, once the interviews were booked, something that I did was research the interviewers, the people that I was going to be sitting down with. And I wasn't always able to get their names, but what I would do if they weren't readily available is ask the recruiter. And if I was able to get their names, I would go research them. I would look them up on LinkedIn. I would look through their whole profile. I would Google their name. And what I was looking for are these different connection points, you know, areas where I might be able to spark a conversation or trying to figure out, you know, who is this person? What's their personality? How do they want to be engaged with? And if I saw somebody was posting on social media and they were seemed to be super extroverted, I might engage with that person a little bit differently than I would with somebody who might be posting, might be creating, but may seem a little bit more reserved, maybe a little bit more introverted. Or if I didn't get any information on that, I would have a different strategy for how to tease out the type of person that they were. And so one example of this is when I was interviewing at Google, I went and looked up one of the interviewers and it turns out he was a big skier. His whole Instagram feed was just full of pictures of him skiing in different places around the country. And so when we started the interview, I immediately jumped into that topic. You know, I mentioned that I was potentially going skiing that weekend and I hadn't been out all season. I was really excited about it. He naturally latched right onto that. And we had a 10, 15 minute conversation about skiing places we'd been, you know, all that good stuff. And the whole conversation was more personal after that. It was a little bit more casual, it was a little bit more friendly. And I built a rapport with him that made the whole conversation easier. And that led to a much, much better outcome compared to just a rigid Q&A where somebody was sitting down and asking me questions and I was just answering them and it was super professional and formal. So I always look to find those angles if I could. And that usually took me about two to three hours. And then throughout the interview processes, what I would do is build a value validation project, which is something that I've talked about a lot. And these would take me about 10 hours for each company because I really, really wanted them to be good. And I invested in all of the tiny details, which is not even normally my style. But through the conversations that I had and the research that I did and the interviews that I was going on, I tried to tease out a big opportunity or a big challenge or some big initiative that I could have ideas about, that I could add value to that were directly related to my role. 
And so what I would do is after these conversations in between interviews, I would go build out a deck and the whole deck would be focused on something that was, again, valuable for the role. And I would turn the whole deck into, you know, the same aesthetic and branding and colors that the company used. I would use their logos and their fonts and all that good stuff. I had it built out in a specific way so it, it flowed nicely. And then I would send this deck to interviewers ahead of the interview. And so when I showed up to the interview, they probably had already glanced at this deck or they at least knew that I sent it to them. And that became the focus point of the conversation. And the beautiful part about this was that through these value validation projects, I could show these people that I could do the job. I'm, I'm literally giving them ideas and showing them how I might think through these problems in the same way that I would if they hired me. And that made my value super clear and created less emphasis on my non-traditional background. And so the culmination of all of these things, right, doing all of the research on the company and aligning myself with them, going through all of my answers, not just, you know, in my head, but actually out loud and on video and in mock interviews made me feel really, really confident and allowed me to deliver super crisp answers in the actual interviews and conversations. And then the value validation projects were the icing on the cake. And that led to the job offer that I landed at Microsoft, right? Where I spent five years of my career and I effectively more than doubled my salary and got all of these amazing other benefits. And I don't think I would have been able to achieve that outcome had I not spent this time in preparation. So I just want to reemphasize again, you don't have to spend 40 hours on every single interview that you go on. But instead, I would encourage you to at least spend, you know, five or six or seven hours at a minimum preparing. And you can use a bit of this framework, right? Maybe spend the majority of that researching the heck out of each company. Definitely spend a good chunk of that drafting up answers, preparing answers, coming up with examples for questions you might be asked. And if you have time, build out a value validation project. You can pick and choose from all of these different areas that I focused on. But I'm going to include them all below in the show notes so you can see them. But I hope that this episode is a little bit of encouragement or at least a wake up call to spend more than one or two hours preparing for a conversation that could absolutely change the trajectory of your career. So that's it for today. Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast. 